Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name is Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, you're blinking so much that I think you might have just put super glue in your eye instead of eye drops. You all right, man? <laughs> yeah, I wish it was super glue because then maybe my contact would stay in place. I don't know what it is. My eye feels uh, goopy. Oh, um, pink eye, dude. It came back full circle. <laughs> came back how'd i get it the first time (laughs) well remember we had all these pink eye discussions from your shower routine in the morning like yes because i'm very careful in my shower routine i don't get pink i know but you just said your eye feels goopy so now i have a couple questions like did your routine get rushed this morning did you go out of order (laughs) Um, i couldn't remember what part of the towel i you know, used last and not worse. It's funny, man. Uh, dude. What, it started last night. I was working like late last night. Mm-hmm. My eyes started to go. And then it like goes back to normal. I don't know what it is. I think it's these contacts. Yeah. Uh, probably just older. Long, contacts yeah. are good for like two weeks or something like that. I think I th- I'll, you can get but different I types. Lose track. Yeah. 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 I lose track of how long they're in for. Mm hmm. Fun fact, I just I wear feel like I just put these ones in. I wear dailies. Um, but I but that's because a like six month supply of daily contacts lasts me like two years because I wear glasses most of the time. Oh, yeah. Um because dude, I'm uh, like I work and I use a computer a lot during work, you know. Um, and when I wear contacts with that, I just feel like my eyes get so dry. Kind of the opposite of where you're at with pink eye, you know, but my eyes get really dry <laughs> and uh, not so itchy, just like worn out easily. Um, so anyway, man, um, sorry. I hope you, uh, I hope you get well soon uh, from that fecal matter. Well, coming let me just in contact go on the record <laughs> that my eyes not itchy at all. It's only goopy. <laughs> uh, well, last so night, funny. I think it was like there was an eyelash or something in my eye. My eyes are super sensitive. I don't know what the issue is. Um, but I could feel it when I took the contacts out because I was like, oh, there's still an eyelash in there. Hmm. Um, and I just chose to go to sleep with it in there because I had to get an eyelash out. Uh, and I think it made my eye goopy. I think hmm. I'm going to blame the eyelash and not my eco batter. I'm going to put an eyelash on this one. Because <laughs> the idea yeah. of being fecal matter being in my eye. That really bothers me. <laughs> it should. It, it really should. It would really bother <laughs> your eye too, as you know now. Um, <laughs> hey, yeah. everybody, if welcome. This really does turn into pink eye. I'm gonna. I'm blaming you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's so funny, dude. Welcome back, man. It's good to be with you um, this week. This this fine Thursday. It's good to be back with you, Josh. It is. It's good to be with me too. Um, it's uh, it's been a good week. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything eventful that has happened this week, and I I don't think so. No. Uh, this weekend I didn't really do anything. I like cleaned because I needed to and didn't really want to. Yeah. Wash my sheets because let's be honest, it's been a while. You got to do um, it every once in a while. You got to wash those sheets. And I'm usually pretty anal about it too. Yeah. 
Well, I changed my sheets like, I don't know, three weeks ago, but I never washed the dirty ones. I just left them in the corner. Oh. And then you're like, dang, I got to change my sheets again. And they're still dirty. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I think we just got to the genesis of why your eye is goopy, bro. <laughs> it's it wasn't the, probably my face in the dirty sheet. <laughs> I knew I was on to something, man. I just had to get you talking about it. And there it is. There's the answer. Uh, I have the best, no joke, I have the best comforters known to man do you absolutely love them i have nice. two of them because my dog gets his own because he leaks a little and i don't want him on my you don't want him having uh, yours <laughs> yeah it's better to it's better to no. not yeah um, but yeah fantastic i don't even know what they're called i found them on amazon somewhere they're not super cheap they're probably like oh 100 bucks maybe which in the comforter game might be cheap i don't really know I, I'm not in the comforter I game know. yeah <laughs> Yeah, I just found these covers that are really super soft, um, easy to clean. Yeah, I'm a fan. Except that you have to keep them on low heat mm. or no heat when you dry them. So it takes a long and I time. To do that once. <clears throat> yeah, and I forgot to do that once. And on my dog's comforter, it's like melted. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> like it's yeah. it must be the inside that's melted or something. Cause it just has a funky texture on the outside. It's a part of it. <laughs> Jack doesn't care. Maybe he does. I don't know. But you know, he has he his might. own comforter. Like how care. bad can it be? He can be picky. That dog. Yeah. Yeah. He's another one, man. He's been on my last nerve the last couple of days. I yelled at him, <laughs> uh, which I don't yell at Jack that often. Right. Uh, when was it? I can't remember. Uh, I went. I went looking for campsites this weekend. I think it was. Then did I take him with me or did I not take him with me? No, I took him with me. Hmm. Um, and he's just like whining constantly. Mm. I don't know what his issue is. So I yelled at him uh, and I felt bad after I did it, but <laughs> it worked. He shut up <laughs> at least for a little while. <laughs> I think he was also scared <laughs> for five minutes. Yeah. He was probably just shaking. Dude, I've been having chicken drama. Um, none of them are dead though. I'm what? still, I'm still at 13. Okay. Yeah. We have 13 chickens and life is getting a little bit too good for them and they're getting a little bit too brave and too they're now pooping on my breezeway occasionally so i let them out to like free range as often as i can and they've gotten in this like good routine where i now like they'll follow me right back in their coop it's easy to put them away all this stuff they eat lots of bugs they're happy they lay in the sun you still pretend to be their mother no your wife sent me a video once of you like like doing the chicken dance kind of thing and walking in front of them. Is that still the, oh, yeah. the tradition to get them back in the coop? No, no chicken dance required. But I do take a bowl of snacks mm. and they follow me uh, like clockwork. It's great. But uh, but no, man, they're now like they get a little bit more brave every time I let them out. And they're now like making their way. They're like way in our backyard. You know, and we have a big yard and like yeah. a lot of areas to explore, but they're now way- making their way all the way to the front yard, which is actually kind of fine because we're still a ways back from the road and only a few go up there at yeah. the time. The problem is to get back to the backyard instead of walking around the house, they just look and they see the open between our house and garage, which is the breezeway. It's like a yeah. covered porch, but open air. And uh, anyway... Dude, now, like, the last two times I've let them out, I've found two different piles of chicken poop right in the middle of our breezeway. And I'm like, you ladies are getting too adventurous. Like, this is not okay. So I want to keep letting them out. But I read on the Google that lemon juice and citrus is something that chickens 
kind of hate. So I went out and I sprayed a bunch huh. of like lemon juice all over the on both sides of the breezeway, basically, and like on the path leading up to it. So hopefully they smell that and they're like, I'm not going over there. But chicken drama, man, chicken drama. But I haven't had any know. killed recently. Have you seen? So that's great. That's how many how many eggs you get in a day? Twelve to thirteen, almost every day. Yeah. Uh huh. What do you do with them all, dude? I uh, well, there's this one neighbor I don't like, so I just throw like six eggs at their house <laughs> once a day. Um, every day. <laughs> any day. Yeah. No. <laughs> They're like, where are these eggs coming from? No, I uh right now I have like seven dozen eggs in the fridge that I like washed and put in Dang. cartons. And usually, man, usually I can't hang on to more than like two dozen at a time because like yeah. I give them to my in-laws, give them to my neighbors, people at the church. Like, yeah, it's real easy to give them away because they're stinking good. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. That's interesting. Hmm. And I yeah, have too. you seen the spray bottle, the spraying the lemon on it? Have you seen the video? I think it was on Instagram. I saw it. It had to have been because it's the only place I look. Um, uh, <laughs> I watch these videos of like crazy Karens because I don't know. They make me laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my enjoyment for the day. And this crazy Karen video, like she's like going through this dude's mailbox. And the guy comes out. He's like, what are you doing in my mailbox? And she's like, there's some shady stuff going on around here. You get too many packages. <laughs> Um, she's like from he's like from Amazon <laughs> and he goes to take the package back from her and she sprays him in the face with a water bottle what? like a spray bottle like you'd spray a dog <laughs> or a cat. Ah, that's funny and then she falls over and, and you know fakes an injury but oh yeah, my that's gosh that's funny man man those Karens out there if you're a Karen can you stop quit because it. let's be honest you're gonna make it on the internet at one point um, mm-hmm. You're going to hate the fact that you're a Karen. That's right. Um, even if you're a dude, you can still be a Karen. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you this, can. it's this entitled world we live in today. Unfortunately, yeah. they, uh, they feel like they can do whatever they want. And who carries a spray bottle with them for confrontation filled with water? Well, she had her dog with her. To her defense. Oh. She did have her dog with her. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so who, I think the spray bottle was for the dog. Who just opened somebody's well, mailbox? Well, the first time I watched it, <laughs> it's illegal. It's you totally touch someone's mailbox. Yeah, isn't that it's like a federal, federal crime? Yeah, yeah, that's crazy, man. Crazy. Like, and maybe it's not federal because the USPS didn't deliver it, and it was Amazon. I don't know, but still, yeah, I don't, don't touch crime. people's mailboxes. Yeah, if you're don't do that. if you're a young folk and don't know this, that is a federal crime to touch people's mails. We used to put frogs in people's mailboxes often in summer nights. We would catch a bunch of frogs at my buddy's pond, go around to the people in the neighborhood who we didn't like very much in the night, and just put frogs in their mailboxes. And as I think about that as an adult now, I uh, probably they probably didn't check until like five or six the next day like a normal person. They probably had dead frogs in their mailboxes that smelled really bad. So what we did is probably like probably cooked in there. It was actually probably really horrible on like multiple mailboxes. It probably was just like heated up like an oven. Yeah, in our minds, we were just like this frog's gonna hop out and scare them. But dude, we probably killed those frogs and like made horrible smelling mailboxes. You're you're a murderer. We were not thinking. I mean, this was when I was like twelve, so long term thinking was not the best. at the time, but yeah, yeah, 
Well, thankfully, we're talking about the gospel today and how the fact that you're a sinner and you need salvation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the fact that you're a murderer um, might come into play today. Might need to repent. I remember I killed a um, quail in my backyard in Phoenix. (laughs) Why'd you kill a quail, Uh, bro? Now, when I say... And when I say a quail, you probably picture my backyard like deserty or foresty. It, it wasn't. It was all gravel. I don't know why there's a quail back there. But my stepdad had a BB gun. And, well, if you have a BB gun, you need something to shoot at. Uh, so we set up shop to shoot. I don't. I might have been by myself, actually. I set up shop to shoot something. And then, unfortunately, a quail family came through the yard at that exact moment. And, man, I got a great aim. And I shot that stupid thing. <laughs> Uh, I shouldn't say stupid thing because I felt horrible after the fact. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I just, I just killed a quail, and oh, that sucks. You're like, uh, now I don't. I threw it over the fence and just act like it never happened. Ugh. That was, that's how I got over it. Yeah, just, yeah. Just forgot about it. That's no good. But we also we did a lot of stupid things in that backyard. We thought it'd be a great idea to yeah. uh, catch a bucket of gasoline on fire. Oh my goodness, uh, that's a horrible. So we did idea. that, and then us being probably. The same age you were when you were a murderer, um, we were like, "Oh shoot, we got to put it out!" So we threw water on it. Oh uh, no! On a melting bucket of gasoline. So oh now no! It's like all over the rocks. Oh, my shop. And it we're didn't... like running over to the you know the sandbox, and we're like bringing buckets of sand over to what? put it out. And yeah, it was it was dude. I'm that thing it could have like exploded on you. Off. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Man. I didn't think about the explosion part. Like if that it was like a big five gallon bucket. Yeah, there was I'm there was enough like air coming. No, out no, but if it sure. if that uh, if it dumped, you know, it all would have caught and it could have in a way exploded. Not like not like bomb explosion. Well, we did, but yeah, no, it fell over. Oh, it dang. fell over and like it was just gasoline river. <laughs> wow. Dang. And like it wasn't enough gasoline that it probably would have burned something down. It been burned itself out. Uh, yeah. But it terrified us, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old. Yeah, and plenty for you to get in, uh, like, a world of trouble if you got caught. Yeah. Thankfully, our parents really weren't around, so we just kind of did whatever we wanted. Um, Better or worse, you know? <laughs> yeah. For, for good or bad. For good or bad. Um, we we also used to take my stepdad's, I hope he never listens to these podcasts, he'll probably kill me, uh, take his nail guns. <laughs> we used to open up the shop back door. <laughs> <laughs> and you could you could just put it up against a table just right to pull this push the safety back <laughs> and then you just launch them. The oh my gosh. Ah, that's funny. As someone who now owns a nail gun and is over 30 years old, I still have done multiple test shots to see if I can get nails to stick in trees and things, you know, like 20 feet away. Yeah, it's a good time. Especially because if you pull it back just right, you can go rapid fire like it's awesome and terrifying. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you get, like catch your finger on it. Mm. Nail through your finger. Oh, oh, bad. Man, news. there's some woodworking accidents that are pretty gnarly. Yes. Like, I don't. Yeah. Like table saws. I had no idea Ooh. table saws were so dangerous, dude. Um, yeah. Until probably my mid twenties started watching YouTube videos. And you're like, holy <laughs> crap, like this is gonna kill somebody. Yeah. The whole going against the grain thing. I didn't mm. know that was a thing. I used to play with my dad's table saw all the time. Build right. Stuff. Right. Um surprised I didn't kill myself. Or yeah man. A finger. Go across the grain. Whew. Anyway. Yeah, dude. Well Oh man. Dude, so we're continuing the Hope Study series. Hope study. Um 
Last week we talked about the preamble and just kind of setting up the conversation. Pre-mumble? Um, talked a little bit about uh, the pre-mumbles. <laughs> um, I don't remember exactly what we actually talked about. We talked about some verses that kind of stood out to us in general in life. Yes. Um, things that Andrew has recently highlighted in his Bible app. That's right. Um, that's what they should do. Since you listen to the app a lot, you should be able to say to the app, hey, highlight that verse, and it should just know and You're highlight right. the verse. I should be able to. That should to. be the next thing that the Bible app works on. They could do you that. You should reach out to Life Church and be like, hey, I got an idea for your, life, your, mm-hmm. your app. Uh, totally. But then it's always listening to you, and then you get into that weird right. space of privacy concerns. Yeah, and do you want um, your Bible listening to you like Siri already does? We all know it. So do we want our Bibles doing that? I don't know. Uh, Maybe. How funny would that be? There'd be like this whole like, I just feel like people would be like really concerned <laughs> of like, my Bible's going to know I'm sinning. Um, you're putting the Bible at the wrong position of authority, but um Okay, how Instead funny Jesus, would it be, though, like, let's be if, honest, Jesus, if Jesus knows you're sitting already? If this was happening and you had just yelled at your Jack uh, at Jack very harshly um, a couple days ago, and your Bible app just came on and quoted something about anger right at you, like Josh, don't forget, <laughs> slow to anger. <laughs> you're like, shut up, Bible app. It's the Holy Spirit edition of the app. Um. But I don't know. You got to be careful saying that kind of stuff because now you're putting totally. words in God's mouth and I'm not sure you want to play that game. It's not going to end well for yeah. you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so last week was the preamble. This week we're talking about grace changes everything. Week two. Everything. Um, and just to give you background, if you missed last week, uh, the Hope Study is a workbook uh, that I'm currently writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Andrew's helped me process thoughts as we've walked through the podcast because a lot of the concepts we've talked about have made it inside of the Hope Study. Yes. Um, so Andrew's name should probably be on it as well, but nah. my name's not even on it. So it um, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really matter. Well, then don't add uh, mine. But <laughs> just say your name. It does say Hill City on it. There you go. Um, there you go. We don't want to chase fame in no. the church because no. it never ends well for you. Um, but uh, this week we're talking about grace changes everything. We're talking about the gospel. We're talking about how the you know, what God's original plan was for humanity, for his mm-hmm. creation, um, what changed in the midst of that plan, um, then what Jesus did about it. Um, and then also the, the, of course, this new life that we now have access to and the temptation to go back to the old life. Um, if we're not too careful. Oh, there's Lottie. Yeah. Hopefully oh. she's not too loud. I will be bouncing. I said her, I said her name and bit. she stopped, but. But she can't hear me anyways because your headphones in. So that was just a weird moment. Right. You know, she's getting excited because she has some gas right now. So it is what it is. Baby life. Nice. I get excited too, Lottie, when I have gas. So I get it. She's getting big, dude. How old is she now? Almost six months old. Dude, she is. Yeah, she's growing quick, man. I have a feeling she's going to be tall. I haven't thought she looked like Catherine at all, but. The way you're holding her now, her face does look just yes, like Yes, totally. I'll be right back. I'm going to grab a pacifier. Welcome back. Uh, hope study. And yeah, this is, we figured we'd start, um, well, we're going with the text, but we figured we'd start with uh, week two, day one, God's original plan. And really, it's so helpful to often like go all the way back. If you want to understand kind of how God set this whole thing up and why starting in Genesis, it can be really profound, you know, to saying like, 
what is the genesis of the story? What's the beginning of this story? And really in Genesis 2, um, that's kind of where we pick this up. Um, this is after God had created man. Um, and basically, uh, we're understanding at this point what the Garden of Eden looked like and kind of what the relationship between God and man looked like at this point. God and Adam, I should say. And basically, uh, there's a few kind of call outs that I wanted to highlight. Um, first of all, God walked with Adam, like he spent time with Adam in the flesh. Um, every day in the garden, they hung out, they they had time together. And the Bible doesn't go in great detail on what that looked like. But you can imagine it was literal time together, getting to know each other, asking questions, talking, hanging out, enjoying the beauty of, of the creation God had made. But there's a call out that says basically, in the middle of the garden, uh, God had created the tree of the knowledge of the good and of good and evil. Um, and, and then kind of says like, that's the one thing that was off limits. Everything else was food for Adam. Everything else was for their purposes and for their uses. Not one thing was the, Hey, don't touch this, <laughs> the hands off. And that was kind of the foreshadowing of like the first, you know, a lot of people might, might look at this and say, this was where God granted free will you know, um, because he didn't say you can't touch this. He said, this is not for you. Um, this is off limits to you. Uh, but as we know, as the story progresses further, eventually Adam and Eve both choose to eat of the fruit fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Um, after being tricked by, by the serpent, by Satan, uh, to, um, to do so. So anyway, um, Wanted to just hang out for a minute. I don't know if you want to add anything to that first before I go to a couple of the kind of questions uh, that you had put that that are written in there. But I don't know, man. Do you want to round that out any bit anymore? No, I think it's great. Um, I think too, like uh, it, it's the same challenge that humanity still has, right? Um, to walk with God or walk away from, you know, separate from God, thinking that your way is better than God's way. And it's the same choice that Adam and Eve had. Like there's this concept in Christianity of limitation. Um, mm-hmm. that God gives limitation. It's the blessing of limitation um, that, you know, oftentimes limitation feels like you're missing out or um, you're not getting all that you want or however you want to portray it. Um, but oftentimes the limitation that God has created um, mm-hmm. in your life is to protect you, to protect your relationship with God, to protect your relationship with other people. Right? Yeah. When sin enters the picture, it's sin against God or it's sin against people. Um, and, you know, it's you essentially choosing just telling God, well, you know, how I do it's much better than how you do it. And it was the same thing with Adam and Eve yeah. in that moment. Like they're presented a choice um, and they chose, you know, to to do it their way yeah. and not believe God and not focus in our relationship and let the serpent, you know, weasel his way in there mm-hmm. um, or slither his way in there. Maybe it's a better way to say it um, that we have to be careful of even today. Like there's plenty of things that our hearts want that are, that are opposite of God's desires. Um, yeah. That we have to choose not to pursue. Um, yeah. And I think oftentimes we miss that. Like the, the game hasn't changed, right? Right. <laughs> the, the game is still the same has. game. Either walk. Right. 
Yeah. You're going to walk with Jesus. You're not going to walk with Jesus. And the, the enemy's goal is to convince you not to walk with Jesus. That's the game. Yeah. Straight up. And uh, that's always been the game, man. There was one, there's a question of like, what attributes do you see of, or what elements do you see of relationship and kind of how God treated Adam in that season of like being in the garden and being present. Um, and I wrote, I just spent a minute and wrote a few notes. You might see them in red ink because I printed this. Um, one, like it, it says that God literally trusted Adam to name all the all the animals that he creature or that he had created. And after Adam named them, yeah. he was just like, "That's what they are." <laughs> Adam's like, "That's a cow." God's like, "Yep, that is now a cow," and which is really cool. And and like that's pretty awesome trust of just like I'm going to make this thing and then I'll let you have the chance to make your mark on it um, permanently. So that's pretty cool. And then like physical closeness, you know, like God was, was close and present with Adam often and kind of always, but at least daily, literally close in person. Um, And then another is just harmony. Like everything was, was balanced and, and well, Um, everything was going well. In, in God's created kind of original plan for Adam. Um, so those were the things that stood yeah. out to me. No, that's good. I think the two big things that stand out to me um, was the fact that God wasn't okay with Adam being alone. Like he, he knew and understood Adam and his needs and what was going to be best for him. So it provided what was best for him. And in this case, you know, creating Eve. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the, the, and you kind of touched on this too, but uh, Genesis two ends with or towards the end it says adam and his wife eve were both naked and they felt no shame um which i think is just great Mm -hmm. imagery Um, like it was an actual thing like yes they were both naked but i think it's also imagery um to show just how vulnerable and open they were with god that nothing separated them um no clothes no nothing like they were just completely exposed uh, in the best of sense to god and i think we often miss that too um, we don't like being exposed. We assume shame is going to be a part of it. Or we don't even like to, to feel exposed, you know, like we, cause the reality is like God knows everything. God sees everything. It's no, the things we think are hidden from him obviously are not, you know, but we like to cover them up with, you could say clothes, you know, cover our nakedness or cover our, the things that we see as shameful from him. But they're not hidden. They're just yeah. like, we're kind of deluding ourselves. Anytime we think that we're just, or like deceiving ourselves um, of yeah. just like, yeah, God doesn't see this or he's not going to deal with this in me. I can keep that one hidden, you know, cause I'm doing all these other things. Like that's okay. I don't have to, I don't have to show that part of me to God, but he already knows it's just whether or not we are willing to be honest about it or, or not be honest about it. Yeah. So yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I think too, like the person that most, the person you lie to the most is yourself, right? Mm. Um, like that's just the reality of it. And some people lie to themselves more than others, Karen. Um, <laughs> and like you, you see that play itself out. That's a joke we all do, but mm. uh, but that's the same truth, right? Like if I just act like something isn't a thing, um, or I act like I can do this in secret and not, yeah, uh, be exposed to whatever or. Um, I don't have to actually love and care for people. I could just fake it. Right. Um, 
Like as long as I'm doing all these things and everything's great. Like we just lie to ourselves that we're okay. Or we start the comparison game, right? Yeah. You're like, sure, I got angry and sure I, I you know, I really don't like that person and you know, hate I'm probably on the verge of hate. Uh, but mm-hmm. I'm nothing like Joe. Joe's like Joe's an <laughs> asshole. Um right. There, there's that piece of it where you can play that game, I think, as well. And um we just gotta be careful of it. Um, because the reality is, yeah, God, like you said, God sees everything anyways. Um, like it's not, uh, um, you're not hiding anything from him and you're going to find the most fruit in your relationship when you choose to walk like Adam and Eve walked fully exposed and fully vulnerable between you and God in relationship. Um, and I would argue the same with people be the real you, uh, with your, your warts and, and, you know, your beauty, um, like that's where the depth of life really comes in. That's where the fullness of life comes in. And when we choose to live that type of life rather than right. the, the game where I'm just trying to create a facade of me being better than I actually am or me being worse than I actually am. Like there's some people play that game too. Um, some people feel sorry for them. I don't know. Yeah. But, what was me? Uh, what was me? Yeah. I always like to joke that, you know, sin, sin clothed us. So we should just walk around naked. I think that should be the, the rule of the game. We should just all be naked. But Andrew's dealing with a uh, screaming baby who's like doing Superman right now into the camera, which is rather entertaining. Um, but we'll move on to the next question. Um, when I pull it up and actually look at it, Andrew's much more prepared than I was. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm pulling it up and stalling. Well, Andrew takes care of baby Lottie. Um, Genesis one twenty seven. Um, this is in the NIV says, so God created mankind in his own image and the image of God. He created them male and female. He created them. Um, what characteristics of God do you see in humanity? And uh, is the image, what characteristics of God do you think humanity is the image of God compared to the rest of creation. Um, and I think this question is important because you're different than the rest of creation as a human. Um, like you have um, the ability to reason. Um, you have the ability to be in depth of relationship. Um, you have the ability to communicate on levels that the rest of creation can't communicate. Um, totally. like there's a variety of images of God that you carry. Um, you have a sense of what is right and what is wrong. Um, other parts of creation doesn't necessarily have that same thing. Um, so like there's, you're special in that sense. Now you're a part of, you know, whatever it is, 8 billion, 9 billion people that have ever walked on the planet. Um, so you're not that special, but you're more <laughs> special than the rest of creation. And you're also special in the sense that God wants relationship with you, just like God True. has relationship with the Trinity, you know, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit. And they, they walk in, in relationship and unity with one another. You have that same ability to have with God and have with the rest of humanity. Um, that's an image of God that most of us don't carry. Now, most of the rest of creation, I should say all the rest of creation does not carry, um, so I think we miss that too of what do we have access to? And then I think the question after that would be, are you taking advantage of it? Like if you have the ability to be in depth in relationship with God and depth in relationship with one another, are you, are you taking advantage of that ability? Or are you just acting like the cow in the field, uh, just right. kind of doing your own thing and not worrying about it? 
um, and missing out on so much fruit of life and fruit of relationship because you're choosing not to engage either with, with Jesus or engage with people. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And man, I just to add to what you're thinking, like one of the things that I think is a real mark on um, how we're made unique and sorry if you hear Lottie too much. She is just uh, not having it at all. Um, but it's nap time, and I don't know. Life's crazy, so we gotta we gotta find time when we can, I guess. Um, but conscious, like our conscience, is something that I think makes us extremely unique to the rest of creation. And I think it's the chance to really understand the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah, that's good. Um, and it, it's hard to, it, it's easy for us to say good and evil and you, you quickly run to that place of um, lists of do's and don'ts. Good Christians do this, bad Christians do this, or non-Christians do this, however you want to put it, I don't care. Um, but it, it's more than that. It's good and evil is is God's ways, not God's ways, right? Like walking with Jesus in depth of relationship um, or not walking with Jesus in depth of relationship. Now, there's a part of this that the game did change um, under the new covenant. Um, yes, good and evil still exists, but you you know, living under grace, and we'll get to grace because, you know, that's this whole week's section of, you know, grace changes everything. Um, so the game's a little bit different for you. You have the ability to fail and get right back up. Um, but I think too often we we get into that legalism of good and bad um, that we have to be really careful of um, and think of it more in, in relationship. Things that build relationship with Jesus and others and things that destroy relationship with Jesus and others, I think is a is a healthier way to look at it. Absolutely. And keeps you from going down those paths of judgment of like, I'm so much better than these morons or I'm yeah. so much better than you know those people. I think it keeps you a little bit more humble. Um, and I think it's easier to define in your head. You're like, is this yeah. hurting my relationship with God or is this hurting my relationship with so-and-so? If it is, then I would call it sin and you should repent, ask for forgiveness and move on. But um, I think there's a piece of that too that, that we often miss. But I think it's important too to like circle back around to what you said and even what I said about um, just the exposure inside of relationship um, with Jesus. Um, and you know, them being physically naked, being a representation of the level of relationship that they were inside of with, with God. Uh, and here's, here's the next question, um, that I think would be good to answer is as you think of your relationship with Jesus and what, in what ways do you feel completely exposed to him and in which ways do you feel hidden or unseen? That's a great question. What I was kind of alluding to is like in my head, I always know that I'm totally exposed before the Lord. Um, but in my heart, I yeah. think sometimes I think areas of my life or chunks of me are not. And I'm like, I'll just ignore talking about that with him and he won't bring it up. Mm-hmm. I won't bring it up to the Lord. He won't bring it up to me. We'll have a unspoken agreement. And that's just like that's wrong. Good. You know, like it's not true. It's only true in my mind. Um, maybe. I don't, I don't even think it's true in my mind. It's just like maybe sometimes I behave that way where I'm like, I'm not going to say anything. You're not going to say yeah. anything. It's all good. You know? Um, yeah. And if you do say something, I'm going to act like you said something else yeah. um, and talk about that instead. Yeah. 
No, and and I think too, like we we often think about things that we hide are sinful. Um, like it could be a habitual sin, it could be it could be whatever. Um, from a sin perspective, something that destroys relationship, um, and that's what we're hiding. But I think too, yeah. like because Jesus wants to deal with the destruction inside of your life and to deal with that destruction, he has to deal with the cause of that destruction, which is usually past experience, past hurt, past pain, um, faulty, you know, wiring or faulty thinking that you've believed Mm -hmm. for so long. It could be a lot of different things. And I think oftentimes things that are hidden, things that are unseen, or maybe even a better word are things that are off limits Mm -hmm. um, are like past pain in your life. Like, have you gone through extraordinarily difficult things that you just, you don't like to think about. Um, yeah. You don't like to even, you know, acknowledge that they ever happen. And um, when they do come up in conversation or uh, an experience feels the same, you just shut down hmm. um, or, you know, avoid it altogether and move the other direction. But maybe those are the areas in your life that you're, you know, you feel hidden or unseen uh, with Jesus. Like those are, like Andrew said, the off limits conversations Yeah, um, that like, for us to really find hope, for us to really find the freedom, those are the conversations that Jesus wants you to have. Yeah, I'm with him, and I know it's scary. Like I get it. Um, you know, I have past experiences that are hard to talk about, but um, I force myself to talk about them with Jesus. I force myself to yeah. talk about them with with trusted friends. Yeah, but um, like that's where you're going to find the real freedom. That's where you're going to find the real he- healing. Because in reality, like that stuff's the stuff's still holding on. It still has an effect. And if you're choosing not to deal with it, like it's going to come up, it's going to, it's going to come up in an explosion. <laughs> it's going to come up in, in unrelated uh, ways. Like it has a way of pulling itself out um, and like seeping through the cracks that yes. um, can get really scary for you. Or like all of a sudden you go one to a thousand on something and you're like, how the hell did I get so angry? Yeah. And in reality, it triggered something of mm-hmm. your past that you feel is off limits to God and never dealt with. I um, mean, it's, it's, you know, oozing its way out or, yeah. you know, a seam has been burst and it's, it's coming out in a different way. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's why I got so mad at my dog and yelled at him <laughs> um, was because there's an un, un, unrelated, it's not related to my dog. Right. But maybe it's a control thing and I'll have to ask Jesus about it. Right. But like, that's the type of exposed relationship that Jesus wants to have with you. Um, like he wants to deal with, um, did your child just close that door or did that just magically close? Catherine is now in my office. It's a madhouse in here, man. Oh, okay. Ah, yes, she closed that off. She closed the door. Your wife, your wife's outside like throwing snacks on the ground to convince them to come into your office. She's like, I need yeah. alone time. I need a quiet. <laughs> no, she's now working on go getting your Lottie father. down. Yeah, man. It's something. But yeah, you could say a ghost, but it's a two-year-old. Ah. But yeah, well, I couldn't see it. I just saw the door close. You're like, uh, that was yeah. weird. But you're right. Um, like that's the the yeah, same so, thing with. Okay, I was just gonna say, like, it's not the chicken's fault. They're pooping on my breezeway. They're just like, I'm just an animal. I poop outside. You let me out of my place, and I'm gonna go anywhere I want. You know, and explore it. And I'm sure they just happen to poop. It's not like they had any thought whatsoever of I'm gonna make Andrew mad. They don't even know my name. They're just chickens. They recognize my voice. That's it, you know? But uh, there's probably something within me of like, I want to keep up appearances or I don't want that dirty stuff mm. around my house or whatever it is that's deeper that's that's causing me to be annoyed with the chickens pooping there, Yeah, you know? Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, I think, I, I think if you really want to find hope, 
Like you want to be able to weather any storm in your life, regardless of circumstances, regardless if you're, you know, the dreams of your heart are coming to fruition or not. Um, like to have hope in all those circumstances and situations. Like, you know, I, I can't think of anything harder than losing a, a loved one. So I always, I always look from that that perspective. Like, even if you're losing a loved one, you keep your faith. You still know that Jesus is still Jesus, and more than that, He's still walking with you in the midst of that. So it's your source of comfort. Yeah, you know, and peace, um, even when everything else seems to be falling around, you know, falling apart around you. Mm-hmm. I think there's that piece of it that um, I forgot where I was going with this, but I'll, I'll circle back in my own head real quick. Um, there's there's that piece of it, like to get to that place, to hold on to that thing, mm-hmm. um, like it's depth of relationship with Jesus. Yep. And I think so often Christians like to look at this and say, oh yeah, I, I pray on a regular basis. I read my Bible almost every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, whatever, whatever, you know, I'm reading through whatever book of the Bible that's really hard to understand um, because, you know, I'm a good Christian. And I right. think so often that people get confused and get discouraged because they feel like they're doing all the right things but yet their intimacy or depth of relationship is never increasing with Jesus. Like they feel like Jesus is still distant. They feel at times that Jesus still doesn't see them um, and, and so on and so forth. Or maybe it's a sin that they're just fighting and yeah. fighting and fighting and it keeps coming back. Um, they can't get a handle on it and they, they're discouraged by that. Um, I think so often we just, and we've said this, I don't know, a thousand times on the podcast at this point. Yeah. This is episode 50 something, 56. Is it 56? It is. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it is, uh, which is crazy. Um, but relations, like the key is relationship with Jesus. The key is to foster relationship with Jesus. Yep. So I don't know any other way to do it than, than to back up and just think, like think of your best friend or even think of your, your spouse. Maybe your spouse is your best friend. Uh, like even from that perspective, how did your relationship develop? Oh, I would argue it probably wasn't one day you didn't know each other. The next day you know everything about each other. It's just not how relationship works. And relationship is still relationship with God. Like the same characteristics of relationship are still at play, which means if I'm going to grow in depth in relationship with Jesus, then I probably need to spend a fair amount of time in conversation with Jesus. Like those are the things that are going to foster relationship. Well, I don't know what God's voice sounds like. Okay, that's fine. Start with you just sharing your heart with Jesus. Um, Josh, that feels weird and awkward. I know, just like it yeah. would with anyone else that you you just met. Like, yeah, it's weird and awkward. That's normal. That's okay. But but spend time fostering relationship with Jesus. So maybe you're a guy, you know, or or a gal. You read your Bible every morning at six a.m. like clockwork, and you are on it every day. Um, but you've missed this step of when I'm reading scripture, I'm trying to have a conversation with Jesus. So my goal isn't to complete all the things that I set out to read that day. My goal is to get prompted by Jesus or prompted by the spirit to speak into my life. So I could be reading, you know, I'm looking at separated from God day two right now, and it's Romans three. I could be reading Romans three. And I'm like, my plan today was read all of Romans three, four, and five. That was my plan. Um, I could read all of Romans three, four, and five, check that thing off my to-do list and be like, man, such a good Christian. Mm, Dude, so good. Chapters of the Bible today. Look at me. Kudos. Um, but in the midst of those three chapters, no prompting at all. 
Nothing, yeah. nothing I had thought about, nothing I really wanted to dig in with Jesus. I bred through it. I said my prayers. I thought of a couple of verses in there that I remember, and I, I, I included them in my prayer. You might have highlighted really a few things. I really loved it when you said yeah. that nobody you know, living is right, not even one, not right. even me. Right. Thank you so much for that. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, the conversation should look like this. I get to that same verse. There's nobody's, nobody living right, not even one. Nobody knows the score. Nobody alert. Nobody alert for God. And then the question that prompts my head of God: Where in my life am I not recognizing you're at work? Where in my life am I am I completely missing you? Um, what little yeah. small little um, maybe it's a nugget. And then the prompt back is like, Hey Josh, you remember you remember you had that experience two years ago with such and such person? And then you're like, Oh, now we're going down the rabbit trail. You're like, dude, I don't want to bring that like, up, right? <laughs> Yeah. 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 You're like, God, that's an off limits talk. Like I wrote that down as an right. off limits topic of our relationship. You right. don't remember this? <laughs> Knock it off. We uh, had a handshake right? deal. Like there's there's little promptings that happen inside of scripture. Like that's the goal of this, right? It's to prompt a conversation. Yep. And then dig yep. into the conversation and keep having it. Don't stop. Yep. You'll be like, Oh, got it. I talked about that really quick. We're good. No, it's it's relationship. So you're gonna talk about it and then you're gonna keep talking about it. Right. My guess you're gonna probably talk about it a couple of times in Excuse me, I'm burping like crazy. That's rude and obnoxious. I apologize. Um, Lottie gave me her gas. Yes, you did. Um, Mine's just coming out the top. Um, (laughs) but like that's relationship. Are you having? You'll have that conversation numerous times throughout the day. I would assume. Um, at least for me, that's my experience. That when you know something's prompted throughout the day, like I'm going to keep thinking about it. I'm going to keep talking about it. I'm going to keep finding you know moments to to. Um, have that conversation with God. And here's the beauty of conversation and relationship with God compared to relationship with any other human being or any other being, I should say, I don't want to put God in a human being category, Um, is you can have those conversations when you're around people and they don't even know you're having those conversations because those conversations can be from spirit to spirit internal. Um, So you could be sitting on your couch, your kids can be going batshit crazy, um, and in that moment, yep. you can still have a conversation with God about the things that God wants to have a conversation with you about. Yeah, um, That's the beauty of this. Um, you could be sitting in work in a meeting that's really boring. Mm-hmm. It feels like a waste of your time. You have nothing yep. to engage in the, to put into the meeting. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason for you to engage in the meeting. And in that moment, you could have your, you know, because we're all in the Zoom world still. You could have your Zoom on. You could be staring right at the camera. <laughs> in the moment, you could be talking with Jesus. Like, that's yeah. the cool thing about our relationship with Jesus. Unlike... Yep any other relationship you'll ever have. Like it's a spirit relationship. It's your soul to God's spirit. And that's the the place that you get to live inside of. But to circle back around and put a bow on all this, if you're not fostering a relationship with Jesus, like what's the point? Yeah. I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know why I mean, you and spend so up, much time. Keeping up appearances might be like a, uh, a reason to look like you have real relationship with Jesus or to, you know, to read the three chapters or yeah. to show up to church and, yeah. and youth group too, and volunteer and whatever, like keeping up appearances is something we do in some phases of our life, but, or in some areas of your life, I guess. But, um, but man, if you're phoning it in with Jesus, <laughs> it's probably better to just not phone in it at all or to fully commit like the Bible talks about, like if you're lukewarm, um, I just want to spit you out of your ma- or my mouth, you know, in God's words, like yeah. if you're lukewarm, if you're just hanging out in the middle, that's not okay. 
That's not what we do here. So, um, I don't know. It's just not worth it either. You know, there's so much fruit in real relationship with the Lord that it's way better to just commit or to not act like you're committing, you know, and from my opinion, um, don't try to be lukewarm. Nobody wants to just be, I don't know, like mush, (laughs) you know, that's not appealing. It's not attractive and it's not going to help you either. But I was just going to add to what you were saying about like the, the, the boring meeting or the screaming kids as, as you know, I have often, um, Man, in those moments, one really easy way to engage in my experience is just to say like, God, do you want to teach me anything from this? Do you want to speak anything to me in this moment? Is there anything you want to reveal about me to me? (laughs) Is there anything I need to learn right now? Like if you ask real questions, those those are ones that have worked for me to start in, in conversation with them in the past and start learning some things from the Lord. But Um, maybe you have different questions, but simple, you know, it's just like that open-handed posture, you know, that churches will often have you do when you pray for different reasons. It's like open-handed. I'm, I'm willing to hear or receive from the Lord in this time. Um, I just say like open questions are a great place to start of, Hey, what do you want me to take away from this experience? What do you want me to learn in this season? What do you want to teach me from my kids screaming and my blood pressure, going up in that moment, you know? Um, cause there's always something if yeah. you're well, open even from like, about it, even from a selfish perspective, you can ask those questions of like, God, yeah. my kids are going nuts right now. I'm angry. Um, I'm in this place where I like, I don't like my children. Um, uh, and I don't want to be here. So from a selfish perspective, what do I do differently? Um, what are things that I probably should deal with in my own heart and life? Um, just so this situation's better. Um, right. And maybe it's just perspective, like a perspective change is enough um, to help you, you know, through those, those difficult times. Like there's that piece of this too. So like be selfish. It's okay. God can handle it. Um, at least in your conversations with him, the rest of being selfish, avoid it like the plague because it's destructive to relationship, but <clears throat> inside relationship with Jesus, um, dig into those things, like have those, like Andrew's saying, like ask those questions. Um, you know, God, I'm really like when I feel angry or I feel anxious, and anxious is something new for me. I've never really been an anxious person, or if I was, I just mm, didn't yeah. acknowledge it. Yeah. Um, maybe that's more true. Hmm. So now when those emotions show up in my life, like I'm doing what Andrew's doing. I'm asking those questions like, God, why, why am I bothered right now? Like what, yeah. what's really going on that, that I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, you know, the heartbeat faster or, yeah. um, I'm feeling, you know, you know, the you know emotions that, or the physical, you know, representation of, uh, anxiety, but yeah. Yeah. Like dig into those things and figure out what, what that is. Like use those opportunities where you feel like you're not living up to, I hate to say it this way, but you're not living up to God's standards. So like mm. something's wrong. Yeah. Um, and use that as a jumping off point to have conversation with God. You know, one thing I found, um, you know, and you'll find this as we go through the hope study and we'll, we'll try to put a bow on this. Cause I know Andrew has a meeting to get to you, but, um, as we put a bow on this, the, the whole thing of the hope study is you'll find um, if you're going to walk in relationship with Jesus and foster a relationship with Jesus, you're going to spend a lot more time praying and having conversation with Jesus than any other spiritual discipline by far. Um, and this isn't just from my own experience. This is from experience of people that I've talked to that are walking similar paths, whether they're walking with me with it in this path, then that's where we, and we've learned together or they're walking completely separate path. 
um, from me and we just, you know, cross paths and they're telling me their story. Um, like that is a characteristic that's true. They're spending more time in conversation yeah. with Jesus than they've ever had before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think all too often we, we miss that. Um, I just got a text message from my, what's your eye doctor person? Optometrist. <laughs> Optometrist. I think I'm gonna get charged for that appointment. And I called them yesterday and canceled that appointment, but she just got a text message, just like an automated one. Bummer. We weren't here. If they try to charge me, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a hissy fit. I'm gonna be a Karen and I'm gonna go down to that store and I'm gonna throw things. Have you seen that video? No, like just walk in and angry, yell, like I got pink smooth, eye, and I'm gonna shot. spread walk in and yell, <laughs> I've got pink eye, and I'm gonna spread it all around this office. I'm not admitting that, Andrew, because pink eye comes from fecal matter nine <laughs> times out of ten. And I'm not admitting fecal matter in my eye. <laughs> Sounds dirty. Unclean. <laughs> there's That's that, right. Uh, That's right. Uh there's a TV show called The League. Have you ever seen it? Uh, yes, I used to watch it often. I haven't for a couple seasons, but it so, always made me laugh there's so that hard. Dude, he's Jewish. I can't remember his name in the character, but he always goes, unclean. <laughs> That's what I think of. <laughs> um, All right, we gotta old, tie this in a bow because I, I gotta roll in a sack. Yeah, here. I don't recommend watching that show. It's I think it's dirty, but right. um, but it's still funny. So if you're okay with dirty, by all means, watch away. It's like locker room humor. So you have to be okay with locker room humor. Um but yeah, I think that's the bow around this. And we didn't get that far, um, Andrew. We stuck in God's original plan. Um, we didn't really get into the original plan piece of, um, or what changed that original plan of um, us being separated from God because of sin, um, because of the destruction of sin. Um, but we'll, we'll keep going through um, grace changes everything. And then once the Jesus shows up on the scene, um, you know, where grace really changed everything, uh, we'll, we'll talk about what that new life feels like, what it looks like, um, and how do we embrace it. Even though we kind of touched on a lot of those things today, we'll, yeah. we'll dig into them a little bit deeper. Um, but thanks for listening. Thanks for digging in. Uh, as always, Andrew, it's good to see you, my friend. Good to see you, my man. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.